My name's Jay Philippi, and I've spent my life in and around the media. TV, radio, the movies, and more. I love them, and I hate them, and I always have an opinion. Call this The View from the Flip Side. It's that time of year! With the Super Bowl just a month away, it's time for me to focus on the stuff that brings the real interest to our unofficial national holiday. The TV commercials. Curiously, over the last couple years, the relationship between the interest of the game and the advertising has swung for me. The games have become more interesting while the spots have let me down. We'll see if we can swing everything back into its proper place. Besides, neither the Bills nor my beloved Steelers are even in the playoffs, so why should I get excited about playoff football? First of all, let's get down to that most American of all concerns, money. How much will this year's spots cost? The price hasn't changed since last year. A 30-second spot will set you back right around $5 million. Now, last year, you could have gotten a bit of a deal on the ads if you bundled it with spots during the Winter Olympics. No such deals available in 2019. We can start off with the veterans, the car commercials. Hyundai, Kia, Toyota, and Mercedes-Benz have all inked deals. Since the game will be played at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, the last name is unsurprising. Audi will be back, while several other big names, including any of the General Motors marks, Fiat, Chrysler, BMW, and Honda, are still keeping mum on their plans. Budweiser has grabbed an exclusive slot for alcohol ads during the games, so it will be all Clydesdales and, sadly, yet another dilly-dilly. That ad was a surprise hit the first time. Count on seeing lots of ads from the alcohol giant. They have four minutes of advertising in their playbooks. Luke Wilson will be the face of a toothpaste ad this year. Colgate has drafted him to be the face for the spot. It's their first appearance in three years. M&Ms will be back. Rumors said they have a big announcement that will be included in the spot. Meanwhile, Pringles will do more flavor stacking in their spot. I can make a cheap joke here about millennials and avocado toast, but I'll pass and just say that avocados from Mexico will be back for the fifth straight year. TurboTax and WeatherTech will be back as well. What interests me most of all is that I don't hear any rumbles about special ads, the ones that turn everything upside down. That may be a good thing since many of them bomb. And who knows, maybe toothpaste will turn out to be really funny. For years, ratings of the media were pretty straightforward. During my radio career, I didn't have to worry about ratings given my market size. But the name of the game in radio was Arbitron. Meanwhile, on the television side, the name was much better known. Nielsen. Nielsen Ratings. Nielsen Families. That one company has dominated the television ratings market basically forever. It's an era, however, that might be coming to an end. There are two things at play here. The rating company's relation with a major broadcast network and the changing face of the media world. The agreement between Nielsen and CBS ended on December 31st. That was a contract estimated at $100 million each year. The two companies have not, as of the moment I record this, come to an agreement on the cost of the next contract. CBS, like many people in the media world, are concerned that the current method of estimating viewers isn't accurate. That number is how a media outlet of any kind determines its value to advertisers. Nielsen has been the industry standard, a standard that had no real second place. Without one of the biggest players' numbers represented, the value of the Nielsen ratings decreases. On the other hand, how can CBS sell to advertisers without those numbers? 
The ratings giant has made it clear to its clients that they are not permitted to share information with anyone. Again, there is no other standard that will work. Like the government shutdown, both sides can rant and rave, but in the end, they have no choice but compromise. What about the second issue? There are serious questions about how you include traditional TV viewing, satellite cable channels, streaming viewers, and all the other options available to the audience. There isn't a process that offers a number that the media as an industry accepts yet. There are traditional rating systems and there are digital rating systems. There is no one ring to rule them all. Nielsen would love to continue being the go-to company for that kind of information, but they have competition. From the digital side is a company called Comscore. Comscore is an American media analytics and measurement company that has had some teething pain since its founding 20 years ago. As recently as two years ago, they faced being delisted on the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Today, they're in a race with Nielsen to find that new standard for the media. It's not the sexiest media news of the new year, but in some ways, it may be the most important. One of the things that my parents drilled into my head as a kid was to think for myself. I haven't always pulled that off perfectly, but the idea sits locked into the foundation of my worldview. I mean, how many times did you hear some variation of, if so-and-so jumped off a bridge, would you? The reality is that our culture has always encouraged us to let other people do our thinking for us. Celebrity endorsements are the most obvious examples of how we let someone else think for us. Well, if famous movie star likes it, then it must be good, cool, sexy. It's an idea that's been around for a long time. And in the social media age, it has a new name, influencer. Social media is made for influencer marketing because it's all about social interaction and relationship, and therefore it is a prime vehicle for that kind of marketing. The stronger the relationship, the more powerful the impact can be on buying decisions. Which makes a new trend in influencer marketing more disturbing to me than ever. I am no doubt late to this party because my social media sphere is still fairly small, but I only came across the name of Little Michaela late last year. With a million and a half Instagram followers, Little Michaela hit the news last spring when her account was hacked by a rival who demanded that she tell the truth. The truth being that she isn't a real person. Little Michaela is entirely CGI, a digital avatar, created as an art project in 2016. Since then, the character has developed a devoted following, released several singles, been made a contributing editor to the website Dazed Beauty, oh, and has been made the face of high-end fashion brands like Prada, all while claiming to be a sentient robot. A quick moment on that last claim. If someone has actually broken the barrier on true sentient robots and their best idea on how to use them was to make them a fashion influencer, they should be exiled to a desert island for the rest of their life. Meanwhile, back to the question of a CGI influencer. If it's a dumb idea to let movie stars influence your thinking, where does that leave the idea of being influenced by a person who isn't a person? An avatar designed to do one thing and one thing alone separating you from your money. It's a scam pretending to be a relationship. Fictional influencer is not a term I find any need of. Call that The View from the Flip Side. The View from the Flip Side is written and produced by Jay Philippi. You can follow this program on Twitter at Radio Flipside or visit our website at viewfromtheflipside.com. 